The views expressed on the International Internet Strangers Mixtape do not necessarily reflect the views of the United States, the United Kingdom, their respective societies for the prevention of cruelty to animals, or postal services. But, uh, yes, I would like to welcome everybody to the International Internet Strangers podcast, uh, the only podcast where you can tell the hosts apart just by voice on your first listen. Uh, my name is Damon. And I am Zen. And uh, this is the show where we are going back over the mixtapes that we have made for each other over the past 20 years uh, after we met on the Incubus message boards. I figured that it's worth a little little recap at the top of the show. Yeah. Um, Brandon Boyd has a lot to answer for. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like. I think I like to give a lot of credit to Dirk Lance. Sure. You know he's no longer, <laughs> no longer with the band, right? He he's he left. It's all all sorts of things that happened after I stopped really really following. Mm. But I, I I would like to to tell y'all beautiful babies if you want to reach out to us, um, just to let us know that you're listening. Um, see if we can get like a a team count, see how many of you are UK listeners, how many US listeners. And Hey, if you're listening from like Belize or something, let us know how your situation is vastly different than uh, anything we brought up on the store. Like, like the US and the UK are the only two cultures that exist. Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't it be cool if, if we could find some people from, um, from ye oldie, incubus message board i mean i can't remember anyone's usernames but oh yeah that would be wild i i mean was, was i even goat boy at that point i'm pretty sure you were yeah yeah probably i think i was like coffee cup something coffee cup conspiracy yeah <laughs> yeah that's it and then I, and i asked what the conspiracy was and he's just oh i don't know that they're gonna rise up yeah <laughs> The coffee cups will take over. I don't know. I'm just an eternal fan of alliteration. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, so I... Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, but uh, go ahead and reach out to us. Um, internet, internetstrangerspod at gmail.com uh, is the email. What? What? How, how do folks get to the link tree? That's probably going to so be I the easiest So I think it's thing. in our Twitter bio. Okay, and the Twitter is IISPod. Yep. Uh, the Instagram is IISPodcast, and then, yeah, and you can find the Facebook from, from the link tree. I'll put the link tree in the uh, bio for the Instagram would be a good move as well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just noticed our, our banner on Twitter still says, coming soon. Oh, good. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'll I have to... That remind myself to take some time to, to rework the, the logo, maybe mm. pester my, um, how you say graphic design friends. Say, mm. can you, can you make this? I drew this. Can you make this a logo? <laughs> um, okay. So I did, I did want to, to start with a, a current event. Maybe we, maybe we can do this. Maybe you can bring something from the, uh, uh, what what was the the nickname for for Brighton that you mentioned? Uh, London on Sea. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 
uh, and I'll, you know, maybe we'll switch off weeks. I'll bring something from the, the crossroads of the West. Mm-hmm. Um, so just this, there's this new story that's been, it's so dumb. And there's so much in, in, cause the Utah legislature has been in session. Um, and that's always such a, a, a fertile ground for, for bad takes and, <laughs> And because you have to, you know, if you're going to be a legislator, you have to legislate. You can't just mm-hmm. go up there and not pass new laws. You got to you gotta make sure your job is still a job. One would think, yeah. Uh, and the, the legislature does feel one of its most important jobs is you, you got to change the liquor laws a little bit every year so we know you're still there. So, okay. <laughs> so the, the, the citizenry know that the legislature is still their daddy and still in charge. So, uh, until, wow. It, uh, so I've got an article here in the Salt Lake Tribune. So I've got actual sources to, to refer to. So back in, so, so Utah's, Utah's had plenty of, of weird liquor laws. It's not the only state that's got weird ones. There's, uh, you know, plenty of places where you, like you can't buy alcohol at all on Sunday. Uh, one of, one of the things here, so, so Zen, if you needed a bottle of, of wine for something, what, what are your options of where you can go buy that? Um, so we have like, what would you call it? Like corner shops, um, that kind of sell a bit of everything, you know, newspapers, food, booze, sweets, whatever, Mm -hmm. um, supermarkets mostly sell alcohol, um, and then you have kind of like more niche kind of specialist shops. Okay. And um, and you could also buy uh, buy for takeout from like a bar or pub, but that tends to be more expensive. So people don't do that very much. Uh, okay. And if, if you needed like a bottle of Bombay Sapphire, could you, could you get that at like a Tesco or a... Yeah. Okay. So, so here... Uh, you cannot buy wine or liquor at a grocery store or a convenience store. So you can buy okay. beer. Um, and until what year was it? Until very recently, uh, the beer available in a grocery store or convenience store could only be 3.2% alcohol by volume. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So Wait, that's like... Yeah, I can't remember if it's by volume or by weight. Whichever is the smaller number of those two is 3.2. Yeah, usually ABV. Uh, yeah. So by volume, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, the ABV uh, could, could only be 3.2. Otherwise, you'd have to buy it at a state-run liquor store. Mm. Um, or you could get it at a, at a bar. Um, mm-hmm. And the, like, breweries, you could buy... Um, like, uh, you could buy it directly from the brewery as well. Oh, sure. Yeah, you can do that here as well. Uh, but very recent, like the last couple of years, like maybe three years ago, they went. So there were only like three states in America that had that same 3.2 ABV limit. Mm. And when I think Oklahoma, when one of the one of the states dropped that, all the brewers were like, yeah, we're not going to bother making 3.2 if there's only two states and one of them's Utah. Uh, so that's when the legislature is like, okay, fine. You can have this. You can have 4.0, 4% uh, 
ABV beer in the in the grocery store. Anything higher than that, you still have to go to the to the to the liquor store to get. Um, and they had uh, not allowed. Uh, I hate this term. So so flavored malt beverages, uh, like a Mike's Hard Lemonade or oh, okay. a Smirnoff Ice, you could not get they because they 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 look too much like you know too appealing to children. Mm-hmm. The the horrible horrible term they use is Alka Pops. Yeah. Which to me sounds like something frozen and delight, like a jello shot. Like but <laughs> Alka Pops. Anyway, so so in 2016 they they changed the, the rule to where uh, those now qualified as beer. You could get them at the grocery store. Hmm. But there's a, a detail in that uh, change that they have kind of come across and said, oh no, that doesn't work. We have to make a change. So uh, hard seltzers is, is really what's at the center of this one. Um, let's see. Okay, yeah. So this, this is from a, a Salt Lake Tribune article by Sean Means. Uh, as part of the legislature's omnibus alcohol bill, uh, which cleared its final legislative hurdle Thursday is headed to Governor Cox's desk. The state will prohibit the sale of beverages that contain even a trace amount of ethyl alcohol, a common use stabilizer for artificial flavorings that's used in such products as soda mustard and teriyaki sauce. So there's there's two ways of getting flavor in the hard seltzer. There's uh, propylene glycol and there's uh, ethyl, uh, like an ethyl alcohol thing. Right, but that's not... Um, intoxicating. Is no, it? I don't know. No, it's it's. I mean, not the amount. It's just used for the flavor. Okay. And so now, and some of the flavors are brewed in and and whatever. So if it's brewed in or if you use the the propylene glycol for the the flavoring agent, that's fine. But if you use this other flavoring method, that's in like it said in soda in teriyaki sauce. You can't, you can't do it. That seems really arbitrary. Like who, yeah. who landed on that decision, you know? And so, and so that means like some brands you can only get at the liquor store. You can't get at the, oh, the, the other thing at the liquor store is nothing is refrigerated because they don't want mm. you to, to go out and pop it in the car. But I guess <laughs> if you, you do that at the grocery store where it's cold or the, the 7-Eleven, you can go out with a cold beer. That's okay. That's safe. But not at the liquor store. Nothing's nothing's refrigerated. So so some brands you can get at the the grocery store. Some brands you'll only be able to get at the liquor store. Some and some brands. It depends on the flavor. Like some, like their raspberry will be at grocery store okay, but their watermelon you'll have to go to the liquor store. So that, that that's just nuts isn't it yeah so that i i just i had to i had to bring that to the show just because it's it's the silliest possible thing wow. and it, it seems to uh, hopefully hopefully well i mean ideally governor cox will not sign that but you have to i guess sign the omnibus liquor law every year um and sometimes you, they they give and they take away so you'll get something mm. but then they'll be silly about something else. They'll take away the private uh, club law where bars used to be private clubs. You had to buy a membership to get in and be served, even if you just bought a membership for that night. So it used wow. to be that until like 2008. 
Wow. Yeah. So they took that that's, away. That kind of feels like, obviously, I know the UK has a very bad reputation in terms of its relationship with alcohol. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. That all sounds a bit kind of like, you know, prohibition era kind of, you know, sneaky. It, yeah. Just little workarounds. And then, so, so they took that away and then, or like they gave us that conceit, like, okay, fine. You don't, it, no more private club laws. But then later they add, they made a law, they passed a law where if you're at a restaurant, say you're at an Olive Garden and you order a peach bellini, some kind of mixed drink, they have to go behind a curtain or a, a wall so that they don't mix the drink where kids can see it being mixed. They can bring it out that, to the table. Is that just in Utah? Yeah, just in Utah. They can bring that mixed drink out to the table where you can drink it in front of your kids. That's fine. But you can't show kids the movie Cocktail because then <laughs> they'll drive drunk what? to preschool. Oh, oh, well, yeah, obviously. I mean, what, what's the logic there that they'll they'll then copy that behavior? I, I guess so. I, I mean, it. They, they really do just leave it up to us as constituents to guess at what their motives are. And <laughs> typically the motive is, oh, alcohol bad so mm. how can we make it hard to do what you can do in just basically any other state yeah so anyway that's that's my utah current event i like it not, yeah. not the most important thing obviously there's there's, there's a lot else going on in the, the legislature but it's it's the fiddliest little goofy goofy little uh goofy choice i think yeah yeah because you know you, you kind of mentioned that we were going to talk about something on this topic so i was trying to rack my brains about the weird and wonderful things in the uk but really pales in comparison to that you know yeah um and i guess with the uk i, I would think that since there is more history like it's been that government for longer Mm. Then maybe there's some super old stuff that's that's just kind of floating around and doesn't get enforced. But but so I know when I first started working at an off license when I was like eighteen, um, there used to be a law that was like it was a list of people that you weren't allowed to serve alcohol. So like police in uniform was one of them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> one of the weird ones was like basically saying sex workers i think oh it's like rude. how on earth are you meant to call that out like, yeah you know um and uh one of them was worded like people who are or who are about to breach the peace <clears throat> so don't don't serve rioters i guess yeah yeah or basically it, i'm pretty sure that's been updated since <laughs> but those those bits kind of stood out to me it's like how on earth am I meant to enforce this as an 18-year-old? Well, and I think one of the things <laughs> you have to keep track of there is is uh, football results. Because mm. <laughs> if, if, you know, people come in and the losing club's colors, you got to know not to... Or depending on how important the win was, winning team's colors. Yeah, I've never really had to deal with that. I've never really worked anywhere that's kind of been near enough to a stadium or in a kind of like you know, real fan zone kind of thing. Yeah. Everywhere I've worked has been relatively civilized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but I, I did, um, I don't know if, if you are aware, in the UK, so obviously you have to be 18 to buy alcohol. But if you look under 25, you have to show ID. Uh-huh. But if you're in a pub with food, and as long as an adult buys it, uh, a 16 or 17-year-old can drink alcohol in a pub. That's so funny. Because what I was, mm. I was looking at other. I mean, it's not funny. It's it's whatever, but uh, it it's funny in context. Uh, I was looking at other Utah stuff, and I was reminded you can't in a restaurant. You can't just order a drink. You have to order mm. food to get a drink. And wow. that I don't know if they still have them. I you know haven't been out to restaurants as frequently, but they they did have. Uh, you had to have a sign out front. To say this is uh, this building is licensed. If you served alcohol, you say this building is licensed as a restaurant, not a bar. Or if it's mm. a bar, it's a bar, not a restaurant. So you had to have a sign out front. I mean, just like a little paper laminated sign. But just let, yeah. letting the customer know is if you can't tell, is this a restaurant or a bar? That's kind of wild. That would that would kind of change my approach to to life a little bit. I think because like I've I've. I was just thinking, I'm sure at least a few times in my life, I've gone into a restaurant, ordered a drink while I'm looking at the menu, and then I'm like, I don't actually want to eat any of these things. <laughs> um, so, you know, pay for the drink and leave, go somewhere else. But presumably you wouldn't be allowed to do that. I don't believe you would. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. Uh, should we get into the songs? Let's do that. Okay, and we are back after some technical difficulties. Uh, um, and yeah, we are ready to jump into our first uh, first clip. All right, so that that's a, a little clip from the song "Simple Pages" by Weezer. It is from uh, 2001's "The Green Album," and I do not know why that was my Weezer pick. <laughs> like, I I truly, truly don't. I mean, I'm just kind of reminding myself of the full track list. I feel like it follows on quite well from "Bare Naked Ladies." Um. I mean, for me, receiving that at mm-hmm. the time, it felt like quite an obscure Weezer song. Like it wasn't one that I knew. It wasn't one oh, of the yeah. Hits, you know, certainly. Yeah. Uh, and at a time in my life when I was definitely less committed to only using obscure tracks and, and completely eschewing the bigger hits, as I mean, as we will definitely hear later on this disc. But yeah, I, I've been racking my brain trying to figure out why because i was super into weezer right Mm. they they that was like me and my friend wade that was our thing you know my thing that i guess i had adopted from him but Mm -hmm. in a in a world where we've got the blue album pinkerton and the green album 
where we've got the world has turned and left me here. We've got in the garage. We've got falling for you. We've got tired of sex. We've got get you. We've got uh, El Scorcho, hash pipe. It wouldn't have been hash pipe. That, that was uh, a little on the nose. But yeah, we've got all these songs only in dreams. If I wanted to spend eight minutes of, of CD real estate on Weezer, I could have done it. Uh, even like from the green album photograph crab, uh, the, these, these, like if I wanted to go non-single, there's all these, I guess photograph was a, a later single, but it wasn't mm-hmm. Island in the sun or hash pipe, you know, but I went with simple pages. Hmm. And I mean, it's definitely not a bad song. That's that's my whole thing with the Green Album is it's not bad. Hmm. I just there, there's something, especially in post Pinkerton Weezer, where sometimes you really feel Rivers. Uh, like notebook full of why these green day songs are good. And he's broken it down <laughs> almost mathematically why these Nirvana songs are good. And he's really shooting for that perfect, uh, pop rock tune. Yeah. And that's a lot of, you know, the green album. And then Maladroit is kind of a, a another answer back to that. But I don't think Maladroit had come out yet. Although I, we did, we did get some demos, like somebody had downloaded a couple of demos that ended up on on Maladroit. Nice. But that, and see, that's that's the, that's the thing. Like, if I wanted to go really obscure, there's we, uh, Blue Album B-Sides, Jamie, Michael and Carly, The wor- uh, no, not The World Has Turned. I just threw out The Love of My Dreams. We had these songs, you know, uh, from Audio Galaxy. Hmm. It could have been any of those. It really could have been Jamie. I learned how to play Jamie. That's like the only Weezer song I ever kind of learned to play. Yeah. I I have a bit of a Weezer confession to make. Um, sure. I had a friend called Dan who's a massive Weezer fan. Um, but the only Weezer album I ever actually owned was Pinkerton. Yeah. And if that's the only Weezer album you owned, it's a difficult... It's it's weird to get into the rest of Weezer if that's your entry point, because mm. it's none of it's is. Uh, I'm gonna say raw, because it is very emotionally just. There's no attempt at protecting mm. yourself as a songwriter, as a, an individual who's written these songs. Yeah, I guess for me, like having Pinkerton as my point of reference, which I think is a fantastic album. I know not everyone likes it, but um, I don't know. I just, I felt some of Weezer's other stuff was just a bit kind of, I don't know why the first word that popped into my head was trite. I don't think that's the word I'm trying to say. Um, It's not the worst word you could use though. It's not the least accurate thing. I, I think, and Oh, I can, I can, I can talk for Weezer almost as long as I can talk about Chumbawamba. Um, <laughs> but there, there's lore, especially like to be a Weezer fan in the early 2000s before the Green Album has come out, mm. uh, where it's been five years since Pinkerton and the internet is, you know, 
early stages. So, you know, it's not like we're following Rivers and, and Pat on Twitter and find, well, really following Carl, uh, the, the band's manager on Twitter and getting all these updates all the time. But you just got, you've got these like rumors like, oh, yeah, Pinkerton didn't sell well. Everybody hated it. So he went back to Harvard to finish his degree, which is true. Hmm. Um, painted his room completely black. And, uh, you know, there's all this like mystery and aura around uh, around the band. Like the Blue Album was obviously perfect and everybody loved it. Pinkerton was not a commercial success and it hurt River's feelings. And so because he's so hurt after he, you know, that this very emotional, very bare album, then we get the Green Album as a response to that where it's perfectly shiny. Mm. Um, if you listen, all the, and they, when they play them live, they've switched it up, but, but all of the guitar solos on that album are uh, mirroring a vocal line. Interesting. So like if you take hash pipe, the, the, uh, I can't help my movies, I go out of control. The guitar yeah. solo is... Like hash pipe's the one where it's the furthest from just doing the, the vocal line again, but it's that's what it is. So there's this very protected, very shiny and bright green album as a response. And then all the Weezer fans who had fallen in love with Pinkerton over the, the previous five years kind of don't like the, not all of them, but there's, there is, you know, the vocal ones don't like the green album because it, it is so empty uh, and so surface. And so then you get Maladroit and it's this, this back and forth. And I think Rivers has kind of balanced things out over the last 20 years. Geez, there's 20 years of Weezer albums that I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with Make Believe. I, I own a copy of Make Believe and I've got the Red album, but you know that's up to 2008. That's still 14 so, years back. If I were to pick up another Weezer album today, okay, knowing that that I really like Pinkerton, what would you recommend? Maladroit. Mm-hmm. That's the the fourth album. It came out like six months after the Green album. Mm. They because uh, because in the uh, two thousand they they went in and Rivers. That's the other you know lore about Rivers is he's written a billion songs. Just he's always writing songs. He's got a million songs, and so uh, the summer of two thousand they they went in and recorded all these demos, and that was basically the green album and maladroit was was all built out of those two demo or that, that summer of demo sessions and green album got shined up polished real big and then maladroit is weird and sloppy and and everything so it, it and maladroit has become my favorite weezer album okay i will give it's, it a listen it's got the because on, on the Blue Album and on Pinkerton, you, there's songs with guitar solos that are pretty wild, like weird um, and, and really trying some stuff. And then because we, you know, at the time we also learned, oh, Rivers loves metal. <laughs> like on the Blue Album in, uh, in the Garage, he references Kiss. But like in interviews after Green Album comes out, uh, maybe is around the time of Maladroit. It's really the same time. It's less than a year, but you know, there's. I had a Guitar World magazine with Rivers on the cover with this huge beard, uh, 
and he's talking about how rain and blood is one of his favorite albums and and all this wow. so we know he's like a metal guy we know he can shred but he typically doesn't and we hear uh, the most we i think ever hear is on maladroit maybe on one of the newer albums but i i don't know <laughs> so yeah yeah it's a pretty good review <laughs> you're talking about basically everything except for simple pages because again yeah. I, I don't know it's fine it's it's a fun little tune i don't know i don't hate it um all right let's let's roll Any, anything else for weezer no i think we've we've done them justice they they were for a long time the band i had seen live the most uh, who holds that title now uh, saves the day mm. who are not represented on here at all which is funny because mm. this was when i was into saves the day but they were really they they felt more like oh that's wade and mike and angie's band and i listened to them alongside them I listened to that band alongside them, but it's my friends' band. And then in college, I, I really picked them up for myself. Hmm. Um, is Saves the Day, did they have an album called Is a Real Boy? Or is that somewhere? Oh, that's Say Anything. Say Anything. But they have toured together with Saves the Day quite extensively in the middle 2000s. Okay. No, I think that was just my brain confusing s-bands yeah that's that's totally <laughs> fair similar genre yeah saves the day um can't slow down through being cool stay what you are in reverie are the first four like the the big mm. ones and then there's the sound the alarm under the boards daylight is the next trilogy and then they have a self-titled and i i, I haven't followed too much after that mm -hmm. but the, there's one or two saves the day songs that really should have been on here but instead, we have. I'm sorry about the attitude I need to give when I'm with you, but no one else will take this shit from me. And I'm so terrified of no one else but me. I'm here all the time. I won't go with you. Yeah. It's me. Yeah, well, I can't get myself to go away. Hey, it's me. Okay. Uh, Long Day by Matchbox 20. Mm -hmm. Now, I... So, yeah, here, here's where we start to kind of roll into me not being afraid to put incredibly huge pop hits on the mix. But where I also back off from the big hits, push back to good 3 a.m. real world mm -hmm. and get the least of the singles from yourself or someone like you and put that on there. Um, so long day. So I, I since push since the first matchbox 20 single and, and, and again, I know anybody younger than 30 right now, does not know Matchbox 20. You might know Rob Thomas's <laughs> solo stuff and Smooth by Santana. Or they might have seen iZombie. Have you seen that? I have not. Is There is a weird Matchbox 20 link there. I'm not entirely sure what it is, but I'm pretty sure Rob Thomas did the theme tune and is in a couple of episodes. Oh, awesome. And there's lots of references to Matchbox 20. Okay, I am going to look that up. That's fantastic and good to know. 
so yeah, so like sixth grade, I got like push was the big single. And, uh, I think this was still part of my dad getting CDs to DJ school dances with mm-hmm. and push was a huge hit. And so we got yourself or someone like you and I adopted it. So pre getting my own albums for myself, uh, and yeah, it's one that I, I absolutely wore out. Um, it's one of the few albums where when Katie and I got married, we each had a copy of it. Neither of neither of the copies was burnt. It was just straight up. This is the Matchbox 20 album. And after that album, they never lived up to what I wanted them to be. Mm. Katie insists that uh, the popularity of Smooth, uh, the Santana song with Rob Thomas, ruined them and then now they have to chase this pop stardom and they they're less i I don't say less angsty but like unwell is pretty angsty bent is pretty angsty but Mm -hmm. but as as you go along in the matchbox 20 catalog it really is feet of clay uh rob solo stuff and i i don't remember what year it came out like 2011 2012 i have an album called north which is we just hate it so much. <laughs> I was going to say, I completely lost track of them by that point. Oh, so. and, and rightly so. I, mm. I think they, they gathered a, a, a new young audience instead of the young audience they got off the first record. Um, But I went with Long Day 1 because it says shit. <laughs> I was trying to prove something. I, I, I Yeah, I really did this thing where it was like, these bands that I heard on the radio not a necessarily a rock station magic 93.1 in the in boise they also were heavy because heavy music was very important to me and so mm-hmm. i had this thing where it was very important that i find the heaviest aspects of these not heavy bands right so long day was was kind of one of them uh, cody and angry uh and to give and busted on that first Matchbox 20 album. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the first tapes I made for myself, for my own listening, uh, one side was stuff that I had borrowed. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, you know, Metallica that my buddy Joe had, and there was uh, my ninth or 10th grade German teacher had a collection of German albums that mm-hmm. he, he, he made a point of not Rammstein. But there's like <laughs> the Fantastischen Fear and some of their side projects and a group called Fish Mob. Um, Fish Mob had the, like they were mainly a rap group, but they had this one weird, heavy, sort of grungy 90s song and that's on there. And then on the other side, it's all the heaviest stuff from Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. There's an Oasis song, um, I think Minus by Beck. And I'm just trying to prove to myself, to prove to everyone that, that no, everything I listen to is heavy and good because it has to be heavy to be good. <laughs> I mean, Oasis's inclusion in that. Oh, I know. It's confusing, but okay. <laughs> well, because I had, it had to be something, right? And there are a couple mm-hmm. Oasis songs that are heavier than others. Head Shrinker. I think it's Head Shrinker that's on there. It's it's kind of loud and fast, and if you don't know Shaker Maker or Hey Now, you might be confused and think that they're sure. a different type of band. They they got big guitars. It's all big guitars. 
And I was 16. That's that's my excuse, I guess, on, on basically everything here. Why are there no women on this album? I was 16. I don't know. There, there should have been garbage on here, to be honest. That's a that's something I missed. But yeah, garbage. I did see that uh, Glastonbury Festival this year has a target to have 50 percent female artists, which I thought was pretty cool. Oh. And I, I'm guessing 50 percent like garbage would count even though it's just female fronted. Yeah, I guess so. I don't really know what the criteria is, but I, I had a look at the, the the initial lineup that was released and it it did seem pretty balanced. Yeah. yeah, I think it makes it would make sense like garbage would count but like dandy warhols wouldn't. Because mm. it's Yeah. Because it's I mean female voices that I guess is what the what is trying to get out there. Yeah. So no doubt yeah, would count. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's what I would say. Glastonbury, put me on your council. Let me make your decisions. <laughs> Emily Evis, give us a ring. <laughs> ah, good, good poll. Good poll. Um, okay. Oh, so, so the other thing about Long Day is I had had this album for a couple of years before I, I was listening loud enough. I think Long Day's track one. No, hmm. Real World is track one. Long Day is track two. Um, so I, I pulled this little bit. Uh, so it's it's going to play it, and then I've turned it up, and we'll, it'll play again. So hopefully this this comes through on the clip. But it's, this is what fully sold me on Long Day as as one of my favorite Matchbox Twenty songs. Is this little bit at the beginning? There's there's a little intake of breath, little. Hmm. And I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's great. That's a, a little human moment in a, what is essentially a very shiny pop alternative record. That's so funny, actually. I was, I was following a Twitter thread the other day that was pretty much that. It was like, what are your favorite random moments from songs? And it was all people were saying things like, oh, you know, you can hear a, a tiny cough in the background or, you, you know, the way that the, the singer breathes in before they sing this line. That yeah, kind of thing. yeah, I love that stuff. I mm. a big big fan of the sound of fingers on guitar strings. Just hearing like mm. hearing someone slide down, not like in a slide, but just like moving their fingers on the fretboard, and just the rubbing of the finger on the the lower E string. Mm. All right, now we'll go on to the next one. This is me still not using any 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 of the the new metal that i was absolutely listening to any of the the well i was gonna say any of the punk rock there's plenty of punk rock on here but me again proving that i'm i'm heavy man i get it So it's uh, Primus. Song is "My Name Is Mud." I feel like I had a, an ocean of ocean of Primus songs, a sea of cheese, if you will, uh, to pick from. 
So a primus I knew as as largely as a reference. I mean, if we can pull this back to Incubus, mm. they would describe their early sound as a mix of Red Hot Chili Peppers, Primus, and Mr. Bungle. And yeah. So and so that that was like I knew Primus, I knew they were bass lines, I knew they did the South Park theme song. Um, but as far as actually mm-hmm. actual Primus songs, it wasn't until uh. Weezer did a special on MTV2, and it was a two two part thing mm-hmm. that I I had recorded or had a friend record for me on tape, uh, and it was a, a little tiny concert. They played like four or five songs in like a living room, and then they did like a top ten, like they picked ten music videos, and we got that all on on tape. And the that. They're, they're picking songs is actually really influential because they pick Creed, obviously, as a joke. But there was Pavement. That was the first time I heard Pavement. Ween was in there. Uh, Kings of Convenience. Uh, and Primus. And so they had uh, the song Shake Hands with Beef in the music video. And we would watch that. Like, all you know, just one of those things that you throw in as a teen. Like, hey, let's watch that Weezer video. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when, yeah, I was trying to think my kind of interactions with Primus were absolutely, yeah, MTV2, yeah. music videos. Uh, so I used to make videotape compilations of random music videos. Um, yeah. But that's that's pretty much it for me. Like, no one I knew was yeah. really into and it. So, and so, like, I... I you know remember seeing the the CDs for sale at the the BX the base exchange on the airbase, um, but it was actually on a school field trip to see uh, My Fair Lady on the West End. We like we it was either before or after the show we stopped. I guess someplace that had a record store nearby, and we all went in and I bought the Brown album. And my friend Heather bought not the Not Another Teen Movie soundtrack, but Marilyn Manson's Tainted Love single. I can't remember if I got Brown Album and Pork Soda at the same time. But eventually I ended up collecting also uh, Antipop and the Rhinoplasty EP, because I love a cover song. Um. Truly. Uh, he doesn't. And Beautiful Babies, if you follow Zen or myself at all on Spotify, we each have a, a, a very lengthy playlist of, of covers. Uh, Zen put theirs out first, and I made mine in response, so I tried to keep any overlap from occurring. Hmm, I'm smelling a special episode. <laughs> maybe. Oh, that's a lot of songs. <laughs> maybe maybe we got to do five songs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, turn it down, turn it down to five songs. Um, but yeah, I went, I went with My Name is Mud because it it was weird and heavy and just just bass-tastic, you know? Could, it could also have been uh, Shake Hands with Beef. That's also got a very fun riff. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think I probably would have heard Shake Hands with Beef, whereas I don't think I had heard this one. I think for this one, there is a video for this, but mm-hmm. I, you know, only know it from 
going back on YouTube and mm. watching Primus videos. Like I didn't even see, apparently uh, Winona's Big Brown Beaver and Jerry was a race car driver were also like pretty big MTV hits. Mm. But I I didn't really know, know them. So. All right, so that's No Peace by um, King Prawn. And it is one of the tracks that is hardest uh, to find when recreating this playlist. Uh, Spotify doesn't have the album Surrender to the Blender. Hmm. It's got older stuff and newer stuff, but not that one. Um, and like even even when I put it together on the on the YouTube playlist, it's a live version. That's what I was able to find. Strange. Yeah. So King Prawn was my second concert uh, in England after uh, MXPX and Less Than Jake at, was it called The Wharf in Norwich? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Um, So we drove... and. Again, uh, like listeners, America listeners, it is so cool in England to be able to drive to any major city if that's where the band is playing. Because from, uh, you know, uh, Lake and Heath, RAF Lake and Heath in East Anglia, I was able to see shows in London, Norwich, Nottingham, Birmingham. It wasn't like a problem it was a commitment but yeah the same commitment today where i go from southern utah county up to salt lake or ogden you know so uh my friend who's either art or micah heard about the show and there were supposed to be like five ska bands on the bill Mm. like i think the toasters were going to be there and then we get we we all pile into uh, someone's car. Uh, a leader at the the church Christian church Christian. Gosh, brain's still not fully engaged. It's <laughs> it's early. Uh, the the base uh, Christian youth group. One of the leaders was really cool, and and we all piled into her car, and drove up to Nottingham, and. As we're walking toward the venue, it's a, at Rock City, which is where later I would see Incubus. Mm-hmm. Um, as we're walking up, we're like, there's no like people out. It's, and we, we get to the, the club and every band except King Prawn has canceled or maybe we're never there and it was a trick. Um, that That's kind of what I thought it was like, oh, you put all these other bands on and just trick people into coming to see king prawn i don't know <laughs> how weird um so what did was a did did most people just not come then it was yeah it was so rock city and uh 
the, another venue I, I I went to in Birmingham. I forget what it was. The Academy. They've got like a main stage, and then they've got like a small room. Mm. So Incubus was a, in in like a big, a much bigger space than King Prawn was. Tiny little, um, like they they couldn't have fit more than f- generously a hundred people in that room at Rock City. Yeah, at the the small room at Rock City. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've I've only ever been there for like rock club night thing. Um, but yeah, they would have like different genre DJs in different rooms. Um, yeah, but yeah, pretty huge venue. So yeah, but it, yeah, we were in, it's just this tiny space, little stage singer would like lean out over the crowd. It was, it was among the most punk rock experiences I've had. I, I bumped into the bass player in the bathroom <laughs> and he had a very he he was very scowly and I, I did not know he was the bass player. Oh, right. And so I was like, Oh, who's this angry fellow? I'm going to give him some space with his giant bubble parka zipped all the way up. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, but then I love the band name King prawn and I bought a, a hat and a t-shirt that stayed in my rotation for years. It was only like maybe three, four years ago. I said goodbye to the shirt. Finally, Send it off to the to the uh, to the DI to the charity shops. Wow! So we were talking before uh, about Deftones about how they're a bit of a t-shirt band. I feel like that was oh, yeah. born as well to an extent. Like I'd seen people the, wearing their t-shirts. It's a great logo. Yeah. yeah. The it's uh, and for the the listener who may not have seen the King Prawn logo, it's a it's a outline of a shrimp with a crown over it super good hmm. um Some and that i mean that's say iconic yeah i i would definitely go that far hmm. feel good about that um yeah so on the, the spotify playlist it was I, I went with a song that i actually remember better at the show was them playing increase the pressure mm-hmm. uh but when fishing around for songs for this uh i think the best thing we pulled was no peace and i i love it i love the horns uh, which were not there at the show. It was just the four piece. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it's a great aggressive trumpet line <laughs> on that one. Yeah, it's a fun track. All right. That seems to be a simple page is long game. My name is Mud, no peace. Um, yeah, should we hit the, the next one? Call it five songs and. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Okay. All right. This, and this is timed absolutely perfectly uh based on when this episode will probably go out uh this is 311's version of white man and hammersmith palais All right, 
So three, 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 eleven. Three one one. Yes, as, as <laughs> uh, the cool kids call them. Uh, yeah. So at this point, um, I was just getting into the Clash, and it was primarily through uh, this live album that they had just put out called uh, "From Here to Eternity Live," mm-hmm. and. Uh, beautiful babies. If you don't have a Clash album, if you don't have you know an essential or a, a, a an actual album album, from here to eternity, it's got everything you need. If if you're already familiar with the song "Rock the Casbah," then it's got every song that you that is essential, I think, and just perfect versions, perfect versions of them. So that, so, you know, 2022 Damon, obviously I'm going to pick something from that, but 2002 Damon needed to uh, kill two birds. And so I went to the, uh, so I got, I got that live album. Then I got the tribute album, Burning London. Uh, And it's got, it's a, it's a great tribute album. Again, not on Spotify. So you don't, get that version of it on the Spotify playlist, but it's on YouTube. Um, so burning London, you got Indigo girls doing clamp down cracker doing a, a real countrified version of white riot. Uh, and there's some like pretty straightforward one, like third eye blind does train in vain. Mm -hmm. Sure. That's right there. Uh, ice cube and Mac 10 do a, should I stay or should I go? Which is, is, you know, a rap song and they built it around the should I stay or should I go riff and hook. Mm-hmm. Um, Rancid, obviously, is on there. Makes perfect sense. Uh, but yeah, it's a great compilation. And then 311 does White Man and Hammersmith Palais. So I was like, well, obviously, 311's not been represented yet. Mm-hmm. So this is this is the jam. And over the years, I've come to see that version of of white man as stiff and unfeeling. And that's maybe just the beginning of the track and they kind of loosen up and get into it, Mm. but it's, it's not as good. It's not nearly as good, especially as the, the live version. Uh, Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Um, My sister used to have a friend when she was a teenager who anytime he'd get a bit drunk he would like his go-to topic was how the clash is the perfect band (laughs) Uh, so i always kind of think of him but yeah it is very weird hearing a version of one of their songs that doesn't have that really overt like british accent yeah that that's true and and of all the songs for an american group to do is there a more London clash song than White Man and Hammersmith Palais? Hmm. Well, London calling, arguably. <laughs> well, arguably, but I think I think White Man and Hammersmith Palais is so much more specific. Mm. Like there's Yeah. Uh you know, punk rockers in the UK, they don't notice anyway. Like like that's their scene. That's not this, you know, rap rock reggae sort of group from Omaha. That's not their scene. It's that's, you know, 
London in the late seventies and, uh, uh, the Ken Booth reference. And I mean, even just Hammersmith itself is like, it's very local. Yeah. There's so much local. And then for this band from, from, uh, America's corn belt to pick it up. I mean, good on them. They don't butcher it. You know, it's, yeah. it's definitely listenable, but very, very funny. Oh, oh, so 311. And I think here's where I fall with 311. I've been listening back and beautiful babies, go ahead and take a drink. I'm about to mention another podcast, <laughs> um, a podcast called Analyze Fish. It's about 10 years old. Uh, Harris Whittles, RIP, uh, who's a, a comedian, writer for Parks and Recreation, creator of the term humble brag. Uh, he loves fish. And uh, Scott Ackerman, host of Comedy Bang Bang, uh, thinks they're dumb, just the dumbest band. And so they started this podcast where Harris would try to convince Scott to like fish. Okay. I'm not going to lie. This whole time you've been talking about this, I thought you meant like the animal, but okay. Oh, oh, the band, the band fish, Vermont's own. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so I've, I've listened to it. I may have listened to it twice already, but I... I was going back through the Earwolf Presents feed, and I was like, I'm going to re-listen to Analyze Fish. Uh, and in the second episode, uh, Harris plays a, a fish song that's got like a reggae thing to mm-hmm. it. Um, and the, the whole time Scott is just, he hates Trey Anastasio's voice. <laughs> just does not like when Trey is singing. Uh, and so Harris brings up 311, uh, and I, I totally agree here. Amazing musicians in 311. Uh, oh gosh, I can't remember anybody's name except Peanut. Uh, Peanut's the bass player. Uh, Tim. It's not Tim Reynolds. That's Dave Matthews. It's not Tim Comerford. That's Rage Against the Machine. God, brain is not engaged. No, I can't help um, you with this one. <laughs> anyway, guitar, bass, and drums. Amazing musicians. They're great. The lyrics are kind of dumb. That's 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 where I also fall on 311 now. They they've got a great backing band. Uh, oh, because on on the podcast Scott was saying fish would be great if they were backing someone else, if they weren't doing fish songs and if they weren't singing. Right. Like if they were backing Sharon Jones, it would be great. But Aww. yeah, uh, dang, R.I.P. again. Uh. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a sad one. They're all sad, but that was a sad one. Mm. And on that note, um, I don't know. I th- uh, do you want to do you want to keep going? Do you want to do one more? I can do one more. Are we are we gonna make people's ears fall off? <laughs> I don't. No, I don't think so. I don't think this is too egregious. Plus, a lot a lot of the time is gonna get cut out because of technical difficulties. This is true. So, uh. Is there white man? Oh yeah. Wait, actually, I like I like the grouping. If we stop here, I like where we pick up at track eleven uh, oh, I on see the what next you mean, one. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's a good grouping. Uh, so as always, beautiful babies, um, we've given out the socials already. You know where to find us. Uh, I have because we came we we got the the Gmail account for the the show, uh, Internet Strangers Pod at gmail.com. I believe Um, because we have that. I realized, Oh, 
the podcast also has its own YouTube channel. So I'm going to be moving all the, the YouTube playlists over there um, and sharing those out uh, so that they're not just linked to my own one. And uh, yeah, so I don't, I, don't I, I, I honestly don't YouTube use YouTube for that sort of thing. So follow us. Like and Maybe. subscribe. Yeah, smash that like button. And <laughs> um, I don't want to beg for reviews. You don't need to review us or anything. But I do want to know that you're listening, honestly. Like, yeah. if you have if you have a comment on something from the episode, um, you know, I this is my only podcast that I do. I listen to a billion, but this is the only one that I do. So if I brought it up here, it's, it is something I want to talk about. So if you have a thought, share it. Um, and uh, one, one, since we talk about Weezer, I do have one other podcast recommendation. Uh, it's a show called Bill Buds. Uh, and normally their thing is they pick a song that's, that is or has been on the Billboard Top 200. And uh, they do an album, an episode, and they're building out their own Top 100 albums of all time. Hmm. Uh, this past year, 2021, they did a feature called Weeztoberfest. <laughs> Uh, which they are planning on doing every year where uh, each week it's a Weezer album. They start at blue uh, and then Pinkerton and then green and then Maladroit this year. And the history and the things that I learned and the things that I remembered was amazing. Like to really get into this Weezer culture that I've, I mostly shed uh, on into adulthood because I didn't need that as an identifier anymore. Hmm. But to, to go back there, I definitely, I highly, highly recommend those four episodes of that. Um, all right. Zen, anything you listening to watching anything you want the folks to, to know about? I'm, I'm a bit of a hypocrite, I guess, in that I am a podcast host who doesn't really listen to podcasts. (laughs) Um, my apologies. It helps you remain pure. (laughs) <laughs> yeah sure we'll go with that um what media have i been consuming lately uh i watched a very silly thing on netflix which is a kind of uh riff on on kind of dc superhero tropes it's called okay. guardians of justice and it's just you know if if you've ever been even slightly uh fatigued by all the superhero films it's probably one for you it's just relentlessly mocking nice (laughs) yeah i I, i've I've heard of that one i'll i'll it it, i was gonna say i'll check it out it'll go on the long list of stuff that we'll watch once the kids have a more suitable bedtime yeah totally don't get me wrong this is not like high cinema this is just kind of like background fun watching you know yeah okay awesome um well, if that's everything, we will flex our new uh, sign-off. And uh, as always...